Do you see that? That's what Garrett remarked. Assuming this, Jacob gave a confident nod. The young squirrel could be heard happily chirping from its nest in the nearest white oak tree in the playground. I intend to put an end to this. Once we're out in the fresh air, let me explain something to you. While the teachers finished their monologue, Garrett fidgeted impatiently around the classroom. I can't wait to see what God has in store. I guarantee it. As he spoke, Jacob nodded his head repeatedly. Garrett was constantly raving about his prowess as a hunter and bringing up anecdotes like this, as if a child of eight could successfully hunt down ten birds in one outing. Garrett was always chatty, but Jacob suspected that things would be different if he were actually in that position. Garrett then said, Take a look at him. I'll bet the mother squirrel is out gathering food. I doubt she has any idea of what is about to occur. The teacher just opened the door, looking impatient at the level of noise in the room. The class fled as the teacher attempted a head count. Jacob waited until near the end so he wouldn't be trampled. While Jacob watched, Garrett made a beeline for the tree housing the squirrel nest. In other words, you little fuzzball with a big ego, listen up. What are you waiting for? Get down here right now. When Garrett attempted to destroy the nest, he only succeeded in missing it with a rock. Jacob, concerned for a second, glanced at the instructor to make sure everything was all right. Mr. Carter was distracted by a conversation with another kid about being too loud inside. Jacob contemplated telling him, No way in hell is Garrett going to. As far as Jacob was concerned, time seemed to slow down. Garrett grabbing the second stone, taking a step back. He threw it with all his might. An impact between the rock and the nest. There was a noticeable sway to the nest, which continued. When the squirrel began to fall, Jacob's eyes sprang to the branch in time for him to in his mind lock gazes with it. As it fell, its legs squirmed and scraped against the air. Jacob wasn't sure if he was imagining things or not, but the squirrel seemed dazed and had trouble walking after it hit the ground. It was too young to make any decisions at this point. The other kids began to hush up a little bit. However, a sizable portion of them began shouting, I'm rooting for Garrett. When Mr. Carter looked around, he saw what was going on and immediately began yelling at the children to come back. Jacob looked on, amused. He needs to be quiet now. The angry teacher had no effect on Garrett. He yelled. Watch this. As he raised his foot above the squirrel's head, the beast squeaked and tried to escape by crawling on its forelegs. It was still too far for Mr. Carter to come. The other kids stepped back but continued to watch. With a huge grin on his face, Garrett watched as his heel landed on the squirrel's spinal column. Garrett laughed hysterically at the sound of his foot crunching into the animal's stomach as he stomped it again. Indeed, once more. Yes, I'm going to say that again. Again. I must emphasize this point. Mr. Carter yanked the giggling, bloody Garrett away from the situation with great effort. One of the other boys ran up to the squirrel. Oh my god, Jacob thought. I can still hear it. It's still alive and paraded it around, showing it to everyone. The other boys laughed and cheered him on. Another educator was required to coax him back inside. With the other kids, Jacob headed indoors. Teachers warned the class not to touch dead animals due to the risk of contracting diseases like rabies, salmonella, and parasites. They also made the children who had touched the animal wash their hands and forced Garrett to clean his shoe. The teacher said to his or her colleague, Boys will be boys. Jacob overheard this. Did everyone else think this was the norm? As the day progressed, things continued. In the end, only Jacob remembered the squirrel. People would occasionally point to the spot on the ground where it was lying, occasionally wriggling, when he could take it. No longer. Jacob broke down. 
Once the rest of the class had turned around, he quietly, but hastily opened the door and made his way onto the playground. Even as the door was being locked, the first tattles could be heard. But by that time, Jacob had already taken off running. Jacob was not the kind of child Mr. Carter was used to yelling at. He was the kind of kid who was easy to talk to and who could be trusted completely. However, this time Jacob would not comply. Out of the corner of his eye, he noticed that he only had a few seconds to do something before the squirrel scurried away. I couldn't imagine what Jacob would do. He reached down and absent-mindedly stroked the bloody mess across the forehead before lowering his head to whisper in its ear. I apologize. Sorry about us. He remarked as Mr. Carter dragged him back inside. Continue. Site-38's head of security prompted, to which the response must be, then, what happened? David, this is what the file says. His co-worker replied, several of the squirrel's limbs were amputated, and its internal organs were exposed. Twenty children and three adults watched the squirrel recover fully before the child returned to the building. David remarked, You're going to have to explain this further, sir. The site, 19 director heaved a sigh. What exactly do you not understand? He fixed the sick squirrel, for crying out loud, what you're doing is unnatural. Nonetheless, does he pose a danger? Can I say this to anyone? Asked David. That's not even close to the point. The other man said to David, The Eldritch Threat Lockdown Organization is not our official name. The DCI is not who we are. The death of a squirrel at the hands of a child is permanent. This is just the way things are in the real world. The only time we get called in is if the squirrel is asterisk not asterisk dead. And not because the vet has a damn fine hand. You can call it anomalous. And it's what we specialize in. Lockdown and clothes and shield. So, meaning we're trying to keep the boy safe. With, uh, uh, sure, if you like. Site-19's director responded. In a sense, we're keeping the rest of the population safe from a world where the dead rise again. Were we seriously considering setting this kid free? Who knows what he's doing with magic? Because, by your standards, he poses no danger. What he's capable of is anyone's guess. Davies scowled. Is there a home for this kind of thing here at all? Do we really need to take this step? The second line in the file should be read. Specifically, he was directing the other man's attention to the line that read, Object class, safe, in the file before them. That is precisely what it is that we do. David, the world is not entirely bleak and dismal. Some parts of it are merely peculiar. Take delivery in the morning. The second guy got to his feet and left.